Hello and welcome to the CPD Learning Podcast from Pharmacy Magazine. My name is Richard Thomas and in this podcast I'll be talking to the author of the CPD module in our March issue, Professor Nina Barnett. The subject is consultations about first prescriptions and the module is designed to support pharmacists when consulting with patients who have been prescribed a medicine for the first time. Professor Barnett will take us through a structure for consultations that can be used by pharmacists when a patient begins any new medication, including remote and face-to-face NMS interventions and conversations about discharge medicines. So let's hear what Professor Barnett has to say. Hello Richard, it's really lovely to be here. Well, I was delighted to be asked to author this because this is really something that is very close to my heart. This is about how we help people make the most of short conversations in a community pharmacy setting. And what I've done in the module is introduced a structure that can be used by any pharmacy professional when a patient starts a new treatment. And that can be remote, it can be face-to-face, and it can be part of things like the Community Pharmacy Consultation Service, Discharge Medicines Consultations. And I've used a structure that I introduced in 2014 with the Centre for Pharmacy Postgraduate Education in their consultation skills model. And I've expanded it to be, I hope, useful and appropriate for community pharmacy. So what I'm hoping is that people will read it and they'll look at the structure and they'll see that there are some questions, some examples of how you might say things that will encourage people to open up about the way they use and take medicines. Now, this consultation structure, Nina, you call it the the five E's. Could you tell us what the five E's are? With pleasure. So they started off as the four E's and that's what they were in the CPPE module. But I've modified it specifically for the first prescription um, module because I want people to start by thinking about the new E. The new E is the first E. And the first E is about engaging with the people you're speaking to. And I think this really came home to me actually from my hospital background rather than my primary care background, where we would always go to try and speak to people about their medicines. And sometimes they'd be desperate to leave the pharmacy because their car was in the car park. They only had three minutes left on the meter and they needed to go. And it struck me that actually before we start launching into all the stuff that we love doing as pharmacy professionals, we've got to make sure that the person we're speaking to actually wants to engage with us and are willing to have a conversation with us. So the kind of questions I'm talking about are, once you've done your basic checks, is this medicine for you, etc., etc., you might want to say, would you like to talk to me about your medicines today? Or what would be helpful for you? to know about this medicine today. Or you might follow up with, if they say, actually, I don't have any time, would you like a telephone call at another time and point out the phone number, make an appointment? So the engage part, I think, is really important in actually seeing if it's the right time to have that conversation. How does that sound to you, Richard? Yes, it makes a lot of sense to me, Nina. Um, And perhaps pharmacists um, don't spend enough time thinking about the the engagement phase Um, and maybe is it a question also of um, 
asking open rather than than closed questions to try and draw some responses out from the patient. Yeah, I think that's actually a really important thing to say. It's very easy for us to say, do you want to know anything about your medicines? Closed question. Yeah. Open version, what would be helpful for you to know about your medicines today? Similar theme, but a very different way of asking. There's another interesting point, actually, about the use of the word anything versus the use of something. Is there anything you'd like to know? Or is there something you'd like to know? There was actually a paper published where they looked at a whole load of GP consultations and they found that you discover a lot more of patients' hidden agendas when you use the word is there something rather than anything? So it's not just about the open and closed. It's also about offering people that opportunity to share with you. So I've done E number one. Shall I just go through the other four E's, Richard? Is that all right? Let's go through the other four E's. Yes, please. Okay, let's do it. So the second E is the explore. That's the thing we're going to be very used to, but usually we do that later on when we're asking people what else they'd like to know. My suggestion to you as a community pharmacist is that if somebody is willing to engage and they've got time to have a chat with you, you might go to the consultation room, offer them the opportunity to ask you questions before you share information. And it's important to use what I call a pre-framing method. So before I share this information with you, can I ask what, if anything, you'd like to ask me about the medicine or what would you like to know? Or is there something you'd like to ask me? But pre-frame it with the before I share some information with you, because they're expecting you to share information. They're expecting you to give them some information about how to use and take the medicines. So they need to know they're going to get what they expect. But then you can offer them the opportunity to ask a question before you share that information. And that can be particularly useful because sometimes they end up telling you things that you were going to tell them so you don't need to repeat them. Sometimes people say things like, I've got some information here about using and taking your medicine. I want to make sure I tell you what's actually relevant to you. So can you tell me what you already know? All these are exploring questions so that you can make sure you tailor the next E, which is education, to what they want to know, to what's relevant to them. Other things you can do during the exploring phase include asking, what have you already been told about this medicine or what do you already know? You may also ask, what worries you about this medicine, if anything, to give people permission to share concerns with you? A final explore question, which I think is particularly helpful for medicines that are prophylactic rather than for symptomatic control, are, how do you think this medicine can help you? Because you can identify then people who think the medicine's supposed to be in inverted commas doing something and then help them to understand that they're not going to see the benefit. Education, we're all pretty used to doing that. If you use the explore questions in an ask, tell, ask or an ask, share, ask, that can help you to make sure that you're really answering the questions that are important. What do you mean by that? So what am I talking about? What do you already know about this medicine? Would it be helpful if I shared some information with you and then give them the information? What do you think about that? What other questions do you have? So ask, what do you already know? Here's the information I've got for you. 
and then ask what other questions they've got. In relation to education, you've got an opportunity, obviously, to share safety information with them at that point, but always ask if it's okay to share it then, because they might say, actually, no, you know, can you tell me where I can read it? Or I'd like to look at it on the internet, or I'd like to read the patient information leaflet. So we've got engage, we've got explore, we've got educate. What's the next one? I think the next one is the one that as pharmacy professionals, we probably use the least. And that is the empower. Because empowering someone to make a decision is not something that certainly I was taught a long time ago, but it's not something that I was made aware of that was important in the counselling that I used to do. I don't use the term counselling anymore. I use the term consultation because actually I want it to reflect the two-way nature of the way the patient and I are communicating. So Nina, what does empower mean? What does empower mean? Empower is what you do when you've spoken about the risks and the benefits of particular medicines. You've had the conversation and you ask the person, so now we've spoken about the risks and the benefits, what would you like to do now? And it offers people the opportunity to say, actually, I'm not sure I really want to take this medicine now because it's better for us to know that they don't want to take it now and then work with them to do something else to improve their health than to dispense a medicine which they then go home with and it sits in their cupboard and then they get no clinical benefit and we waste NHS money dispensing a medicine they don't want to take. So Empower is all about making sure that that person feels comfortable to tell you what they actually want to do. You might also, when you're talking about risks and benefits, and I've put quite a lot of this in the article, think about how you frame risk and maybe use the word likelihood or chance instead of risk because they sound more neutral. Risk sounds quite dangerous. And there are phrases like, most people have no problem with this medicine, but there is a small chance that it could cause whatever the side effect it is to help people frame the fact it's not likely to happen to everyone. And then if you do frame it, make sure you do positive and negative framing. About one in 10 people experience this side effect. That means nine out of 10 people don't. Yes, Nina, can I just um, go back a stage? Of course. Um, and you mentioned uh, if a patient chooses not to take their medicines when you're, mm -hmm. you're having this um, empower conversation what's the priority for pharmacists in that situation what, what's what's the main thing they have to do at that point I think that's a really important question actually because just reflecting on it you feel somewhat disempowered when somebody says oh no actually I really don't want to take this yes yes that's what I that's what I think but I think actually you have a huge opportunity there and that is to continue to build rapport and engagement with that person by saying to them, not necessarily in words, but in deeds that actually I'm still here for you. It doesn't matter that you've chosen not to take the medicine that's been recommended to you. I want to help you improve your health. So I think if following an empower conversation, somebody says, actually, I don't want to take this, I'd continue to engage them by using questions like, what would you like to do to improve your health around your disease area? And acknowledge to them, I understand that you'd rather not take your medicine at the moment for this condition. What other ways 
would you like to take forward to manage your condition? So you're still keeping them engaged, you're keeping them engaged with health, and you're not forcing them or trying at worst to persuade them to take a medicine. It's not our job to persuade people to take medicines. It's our job to offer them an informed balance of risks and benefits and then for them to make a decision supported by you. So I, I don't know, does that answer your question, Richard? Yes, it does. It, it's keeping the the relationship going, isn't it? And, and being open to, to these kind of conversations um, about health. And maybe the patient then reaches a different decision somewhere down the line. So it is about um, presenting balance of risk, isn't it, I suppose, and trying to put this into context for patients. And then the patient goes away and thinks about it, I suppose. Yeah, that's exactly mm. right. So shall so, I get on to the enable bit? Let's that's the five. The fifth E is enable. Yes, Nina, the tell fifth us about enable. E is enable. Well, I think enable is actually the easiest bit to integrate in your practice straight away. Because the right. enable bit is about changing the abstract nature of taking a medicine into something really practical. And I'm going to do this with you on the podcast, if that's okay, Richard. Okay, right. I didn't yes, warn go you ahead. Of this, did I? <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't. So let's pretend that you and I have had a conversation about a medicine. And okay. you're going to go home this evening because you've agreed to take this medicine. And this medicine is a medicine that's taken in the evening. Okay. So I need you to pretend that in reality, the real Richard Thomas is going home tonight and he's going to take a new medicine. Is that all right? Right, that's fine. Okay, so ordinarily I'd say to you, um, here's the medicine that you've been prescribed. This medicine is best taken at night. Is that okay with you, Richard? And you would say? Yes, I think that's okay. I'm not sure what time of the night I should okay. take it, but so, I'm I'm basically fine with that. Great. So, great. So there's a very simple way of speaking to you about what to take. Now, let me try a different way. So, okay. Richard, you've been prescribed a medicine that's best taken at night and it's a new medicine. Um, do you take any other medicines in the evening? Uh, no, I don't. Okay, so this is going to be a new thing. So when exactly do you think you're going to take this medicine, just thinking about your routine at night? What time? When? So I would probably take it when I brush my teeth before going to sleep. Okay, so how would you remember to take it when you brush your teeth, given the fact it's new into your routine? Um, other than asking my wife to remind me and probably nag me, I leave it by my the medicine by my toothbrush. Okay, so two, two things to help you remind you. You've got your wife and you've got leave it by the toothbrush. All right. Yeah. And in relation to sort of checking, you know, maybe after a week or two to see how well you've managed to remember to take it, how would you do that? How would you monitor yourself to see if that system works for you? I'm fairly methodical and, and, and anal about these things. So I'd probably have a, a, a checklist or a calendar on my phone. Fantastic. Okay, so I'm going to pause you there. And I'm reckoning that probably took us, what, a minute and a half, maybe two minutes? Yeah. And what I want to do is I want the listener to think about when Richard said, oh, I'm going to leave it by my toothbrush. I'm guessing that anyone listening to that had a picture in their mind of Richard and his toothbrush. Now, Richard, I don't know what your toothbrush looks like, but 
I just wanted to demonstrate how that little bit of multi-sensory experience really helps people to translate something abstract, I need to take it at night, to something really practical. So my final E, the enable E, is a way of using our consultations in community pharmacy to help people with new prescriptions, something new in their schedule. We know that actually giving people a physical time to take things doesn't work very well. There's quite a lot of papers written on that. But if you attach it to a job or an activity, you're much more likely to remember to do it. And that's exactly what you did naturally without reading any papers about it. You attached it to a regular activity. So there we go. The five E's. Yes. Now, the important aspect of this, I suppose, that we haven't talked about yet is how you close a consultation. And what kind of things do you need to do to to close a a consultation successfully um, such that the patient is feeling confident and happy with what you've told the person? There are a few different ways of closing consultations. But I often think the simplest way is to get the patient themselves to summarize what you've spoken about and what they're going to do next. Because we're taught that summarizing is very useful, but actually pharmacy professionals often take the responsibility on themselves to summarize at the end of a consultation. And my challenge to that is that it actually means that you're taking on the responsibility of having done the planning of what to do next. But you're not the person that's going to have to do anything next. The person that's going to have to do things next is your patient. So if you as a pharmacy professional want to understand what the patient's going to do next, actually it's quite helpful to say to them, just to make sure I've covered everything that I need to cover, And by the way, that's a method called teach back. That's how we check that patients understood what we've said without making them feel responsible for having explained for us having explained it. Um, Is you'll say to them, well, what might you tell your relative about our conversation or what plans have you got going forward from our conversation or how would you summarize our conversation today in terms of what you might do next lots of different ways to say that but that also allows you to add in the safety netting things around if there's a problem have they heard what they need to do in relation to coming back to you particularly for example around a side effect and if they don't say that it allows you to add things in so for me closing the conversation is all about summarizing action plan next steps but as much as you can do that try and get the patient to be part of that process nina what are the challenges do you think to new prescription conversations that pharmacists should be aware of and think about countering should they occur probably the biggest challenge is time time and the multiple responsibilities that you carry in a community pharmacy because it would be very easy to deprioritize these conversations just because of the necessity of doing all the other things. Everyone's working in a really, really busy environment. and It's quite hard to focus on these conversations. And the constant interruptions that happen in a community pharmacy setting just make that worse. So I would say the biggest challenge is time and multiple responsibilities. And the way to mitigate that is to actually have a strategy in place that the whole team sign up to 
so that perhaps in preparation for managing patients who want to come and have a conversation, you have a plan A and a plan B. If it's really busy in the pharmacy, can I get your attention and get you to cover me doing this? How might I plan with my patient a time that's quieter, that I can have that conversation with them? Just create a strategy that takes account of the unpredictable workflow and the interruptions so that you can do your best to offer a patient a consultation. And I suppose acknowledge that you're not always going to be able to do that. Um, the other thing, of course, is that some pharmacies are fortunate enough to have easier contact with general practitioners than others. And obviously, if you've got things like bypass numbers or you know connections in with their computer systems that you can send them requests to ask questions, that can also reduce the strain of questions that might come up from a patient that you need to know from the practice. But obviously, that's not true for all community pharmacies. So finally, Nina, pharmacists um, will have read the module and, and hopefully listened to the podcast or done both. What actions should they do next, do you think, in terms of putting some of this learning into practice? I think I'd like to see people who read the module find some examples of sentences that they think resonate for them. Because I would not expect everyone to just kind of take on board the whole five E's structure. But I do think that there are bits that you might just think, oh, actually, that might be a nice way to change the way I ask that question. So for me, step one is, can you find one sentence or one, um, one behavior that you'd like to change in yourself to try and engage people better in those conversations? Maybe take one action forward around how you might work with your team to try and take account of the difficulties that a highly pressured environment offer you. Is it possible to make a link with your local hospital so you can agree a method of communication so when you do need to communicate with them, that's easier? Is there something, I guess lots of people have already tried, to make communication with their general practice or their practice pharmacist a bit easier? Or otherwise, just choose one section of the four E's that you want to, as a pharmacy department, start to try and practice. So, for example, the enable stage, which I think is really quite easy to embed, how do you do some training around that with your pharmacy professional colleagues so that everyone starts to ask, what do you need to do to remember to take your medicine? How will you remember it? Who can help you? Where will you keep it? And perhaps that will become part of your pharmacy's practice to help support people with first prescriptions and medicines adherence. My thanks to Professor Nina Barnett. A reminder that this podcast accompanies the CPD module in the March edition of Pharmacy Magazine, Consultations About First Prescriptions. The module is also online at pharmacymagazine.co.uk. Look out for other learning and category podcasts on our website. Mm.